The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob here, and we are going live doing an Ask Me Anything on the theme of money. So you can ask me anything you like on the subject of money. Now, I usually only do ask my, ask, ask my, my, ask me anythings for my supporters. Um, but I thought I'd do a special random one-off one on all things money, just to give you um, more value uh, on my free platforms as well as my um, low-cost paid platforms. Um, the first question has come from Paul. Can you lend me £20? Yes. What's the interest, Paul? What's the um, duration that you need the money? And what security are you going to give me on my £20? And then let's talk business. <laughs> and if I had 20 quid every time I said, can you lend me 20 quid when I talk about money, I'd be worth 40 quid. Um, so, uh, you can ask me anything about money. So Stefania said, can you attract money? Well, I do believe to a certain degree in the law of attraction, but I also believe in action. So I believe in attraction and action that creates traction. Now, some people are all about the hustle and graft. You go out there, you hunt it, you find it, you make it happen, you make your own look, luck. Some people are trying to say, oh, well, I'm just going to manifest my millions. I'm just going to sit on the bed and meditate. And I'm going to use the law of attraction to, to meditate my millions coming my way. You, the law of least effort. You don't have to do any work to make money. You just have to imagine the money rolling in. You just have to imagine the winning lottery ticket. And I'm not really sure that full attraction with no action and traction well, maybe I've not yet mastered that. Maybe I still live in a little bit of fear where I've got to go out and make things happen. Or maybe that's part of my belief system of hustle. Maybe I've got a bit of a need to get things done. I don't know. So I think you can attract money by having a great product and service, by being a, an inspired individual, by caring for people, by looking after your clients, by understanding the concept of fair exchange by doing the right thing, even when no one is looking, by serving, by solving, by scaling. Um, but you know, some of those, you wouldn't call them work, but certainly there's effort required. There's thought required. There's a value and a, a concept and a, a way of behaving required. So I'd probably say attraction and action creates traction. OK, um, Andrew's just made a statement. That there's lots of money lost this week due to the coronavirus. Yes, of course, there is. But of course, the stock market is, you know, relative. It's relatively liquid. I was going to say volatile. It's not always volatile. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm going to short it. I'm going into the stock market now. What if it what if it crashes again and again and again? What if the virus gets worse and worse and worse? Be careful of those um, opportunistic traders out there who don't really know anything about the markets. But yeah, oh, look, the market's crashed. I'm going to go in. I'm going to trade. You know, I'm going to short the market. Well, you might get shorted. So be careful about that. And um, Phil said money wasn't lost, just transferred. That's absolutely right. And the law of conservation of energy states that uh, energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred. 
Um, and so it is with money. Money, people don't burn money. When they say lose money, it's often paper or it's digital. Um, in reality, money is corrected and moved from one place to another. That's absolutely right. The word currency means to flow. Money flows. Money loves speed. It hates friction. So, yeah, um, money wasn't lost. Money was moved. It was corrected. It was transferred. Um, someone I know, they, um, they make disinfectants. So they're rubbing their hands, <laughs> pardon the pun, right now in the marketplace. If there's a, a crash, then the pawnbrokers and the chocolatiers and the, um, you know, the candy makers, um, the tattoo parlors, they all do very well usually in a recession. Silver versus gold investment. I don't invest in silver um, because it's, to own it, do you mean just to own it paper or do you mean to own it physical? Um, I buy gold because silver, obviously, that you need a lot more of it for its value. So it's hard to store. So I usually just buy Kruger rounds or bullion um, and I buy it and I keep it and I keep it for times like this. Gold will probably go up if this virus gets worse, because generally gold tends to go up when there's humanitarian or or currency um, disruptions. Um, all right. Is it a good time to sell gold or hold on a little longer? I don't trade gold. Um, I buy and hold gold. So I don't. I don't plan on selling any now. Um, I plan on keeping it forever. Um, if, if it was a gold watch and the watch had appreciated and I felt, oh, you know what, it's quite a, um, a bullish market. Um, but it's been a bullish market for a while. or I felt like it was a bit of a bubble. I'm, I might sell. I sold some Rolexes. I made about 300% on them. I felt the time was right. I felt like the watch market was probably due a correction. I don't know for sure because no one does. Can you ever pre pre prepare yourself against a pandemic to minimise losses? Well, you could have a basement uh, and you could have stocks for a year. Um, you could do that. Uh, how do you prepare to get blindsided when you don't know what you're being blindsided on? I don't know. I mean, definitely um, we've had a couple of events where a few less people have shown up. It's not been major. It's worse in Europe than it is in the UK. Um, so maybe I might create an online course or I might double down more on my Patreon, on my supporters and do a lot more uh, delivery through webinars and live streams and do uh, online courses that are paid for instead of physical events. Um, uh, well, I don't know why I squeaked when I said that. So that would be a, a way to maybe plan or prepare or pivot or react. All right. So how to get a more of a positive attitude towards having more money and therefore being more receptive to welcoming it into your life? I think that believing that money is good and not having a bad association with money is really important. You won't want to attract something that you find negative. Knowing that money can um, exaggerate all your good traits, knowing that money can enable all the good things that you want to do in the world. I think having a high self-worth, therefore, you can create a higher net worth. So valuing yourself so you can increase your fees and have fair exchange fees where you're making fair profit margin and the client's getting more value. I think the more value you put out to the world, you more the more you realise your worth. So if your internal value is down, put more value out. You get the feedback from the, you know, from social media, from people, from clients, from followers, from fans, from the world. They give you the feedback that you are useful. You have utility. You inspire people. That increases your self-worth. Although really it's ideal to come from you. But if yours is low, when mine's feeling a bit low, my battery life is down, I'm beating myself up a bit. I, I tend to try and help other people because it, then it fills me back up. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's what I do. It's a tend to help me get out of a situation. Um, but, you know, like, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, like, listen to me. Yeah, like, you know, like, um, 
confidence and self-worth is it's definitely not an absolute thing. There's no one with rock solid self-worth. There's no one with completely battered self-worth. You've got self-worth in areas that are going well, that you're doing well, that you've done well, that you learn well, that you love well. You've got areas of low self-worth, which you've never done well, you've never tried, you've never started, or you're failing out, or it's new, or it's early, or it's hard. Um, so self-worth is something that you're constantly working on, just like your net worth. Making sure that you understand if there's a market for your product and service, uh, making sure that you get your community involved in crowdsourcing the ideas for the title, the offer, the package, the price, um, the solution, so that you know you're not going blind into a market and putting all your life savings into something that doesn't work. And so there's te technical and practical elements. But having a positive, positive attitude to, towards money is just realising the good in money. A lot of people in society, especially the left or especially the, the skint or the struggling or the negative or the critical, they tend to see just the downside of money. Our oh, money is the root of all evil. Yeah, but money is the root of all good. What about Bill Gates? What about Warren Buffett? What about all these billionaires giving all their money away? Money is the root of all good and money is the root of all evil. So therefore, money is not the root of all good or all evil. The root of all evil is people and the root of all good is people. Oh, well, money changes you. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to stay the same. Um, you know, money will make you a bad person or your friends say you've changed through money. Well, I, think, I believe I'm a, a better person thanks to having money. Um, I may, maybe some traits have changed, but um, certainly I, I, I can give more. Um, I look after more people. I feel better about myself. Um, I can afford things to buy things for people, to do things for people. Um, I think I'm more knowledgeable now I have more money. So I actually think I've become a, a more well-rounded, educated, better um, more giving person now that I've got a lot more money. Um, they say, oh, you know, rich people are greedy. No, poor people are greedy as well. Rich and poor is not greed. People is greed. So everything that people think money is, it isn't. It's what's behind the money is what money is and isn't. And that's humanity. So the individual values, um, you know, the individual intentions. Every human being has greed. Every human being has good. Um, if there was a massive riot because of this virus and everything went to shit, you would you would be greedy. You would be selfish because you would want to survive and you would want your family to survive. Um, so everything that's bad in money is also good in money. Everything that's um, bad in people is also good in people. So you see more of the positive upside. Um, this is for Salvatore or Salvatore. Um, then, you know, you're going to see the good in money and hopefully you can then bring it into your life because you're probably going to want to attract what you like and repel what you don't. So Robert said the law of attraction just tunes your mind to the right frequency. You still have to then put in the effort to get what you want. Yeah, I think I'm in that space, Robert. And I'm not saying I'm not going to try and work more on connecting to the unified field or using meditation or the law of attraction. I'm certainly going to keep working on that part of my brain because I think, let's be honest, our brains couldn't do way more than we get them to do. And I do believe that. And I believe that we're only using a small amount of our potential. So am I going to still work on these things to maybe be more, more attractive? Um, and, and, and more on a um, metaphysical or an energy level. Yeah, I'm going to work on these. But I also believe if you lay in your bed all day, every day, but no one's going to knock on your door bringing bags of cash in. Um, so sorry if the, the very spiritual people think I'm being a bit negative there, but that's just where I'm at at the moment. So you do the meditation, the mindfulness, you do the incantations, the visualizations, the intention. You try and tune into the unified field or the greater power or divinity or whatever it is that you're trying to tune into to set your goals and intentions and manifest them with visuality and emotion and energy and you put the energy out into the world um, and then you've got to go and seek out the opportunities the um, the frequency the reticular activating system of your brain is tuned in 
to the right opportunities and filtering out the wrong ones based on the intentions and the thoughts and the energy that you're using your brain with. Whereas if you're just all negative and closed, oh, bad news, oh, I'll suck that in. Oh, argument, debate, oh, I'll suck that in. Oh, criticism, I'll suck that in. And you don't see all the, the good that's out there. Whereas when you, you see good and you feel good, you see more good because that's the frequency that's tuned in. Um, so Natalie has said, do you or would you invest in enterprise investment schemes? Um, it's not something that's within my skill set or knowledge base, Natalie. So I don't and I wouldn't unless I decided to or needed to get very well educated on it. I do not invest in things I do not know or understand unless I'm partnering with someone or joint venturing with someone who really does. OK, and why is money so closely linked to our emotions and should it be, you know, for example, fear? This is from Stuart Davidson. Um, uh, well, in reality, um, money is transcendent in just about everything we do. You're ill, you're rich, you can make yourself well. Um, you're, you can buy the things you want, you feel happy. You, you can get freedom, you feel happy. So uh, for me, um, money is intrinsically linked to most things that we do. You can buy nice clothes, you can buy gifts for other people, you can go to nice places, you can travel well, you can experience the world, you can experience people, you can meet amazing people, all enabled by money. So therefore disabled with a lack of money because money is the universally agreed mechanism of exchange of value. So the only way we exchange value in a common way across 7 billion people is through currency. Of course, there's language, but, you know, we can exchange gestures. But when it comes to products, services and physical value, it is it's not barter like it used to be. It's not any other forms of currency. There's been all sorts of them. Stones, uh, even sardines and um, cigarettes in prisons and things like that. Um, but money is the universally um, recognised and agreed and bought into and trusted mechanism of exchange of value. And that's why it's so closely linked to our emotions. All right. What's the best simple online business to start and make a minimum £300 a month, not property or physical product related while working full time? Well, that depends on your passion, your experience. Uh, it depends on your resources available to you and how much money you have um, to invest. But I think uh, information marketing so, you know, is there a passion or a hobby or a profession that you know really well, David, that you could monetize, that you could create an online course for? Or you could have a supporter program or um, you could create online information products because you said to me, not physical products. Um, that would certainly be a good one as long as you've got that information and those resources, which everyone has. Let's be honest. You know, I, I might be good at entrepreneurship, um, you know, and teaching you about podcasts and social media, but. A martial arts instructor would be good at that. Uh, someone who's really good at um, cooking might be able to do, um, you know, live cookery online courses and recorded cookery online courses. You can do the live streams that are paid for and then you could do the recordings and the modular version and you could have, a, you know, an online resource center. So that's a pretty good one. OK, if this is not ask you anything, can I have a go in one of your supercars, please? This isn't ask me anything all about money, Robert. So if you're going to pay me, then you could maybe drive my testosterone. If you're going to pay me more. You could maybe drive my Panamera Turbo S. If you're going to pay me even more, you could maybe drive my Lamborghini Aventador. So let the money talk. Throw the stars in. <laughs> All right. James has asked if you had 30 grand and were looking to invest it to generate a good passive return, where would it, you look first? Mm, well, a passive return on 30 grand. Look, a passive return, if you want realistic and not risky, 
5%. You know, you might be able to get a little bit more, but then you've got to put work in and knowledge and experience. So you've got to accept if you want it passive, you're looking at 5% of the capital, which of course is not going to blow you away. But if you, that's realistic if you want pro properly passive. If you're prepared to be a bit active, create a product or a service, create a market, create some information. If you're prepared to set up an online business, leverage social media, invest a little bit of money in, um, you know, some online resources. Well, then you could get, turn three, 30 grand into 300 grand. I turned minus 50 grand into um, more than 100 million pounds. But I wasn't looking for the passive return. I was looking for building a proper business. Um, so if I'm looking for really passive returns, I'll put it into property, but that's active at first to get and own the property. And then it becomes passive once it's rented out and you've got a good letting agent, and you've got a good tenant. You have to work hard enough not to have to work hard and you have to get active in order to get passive. So let's not get unrealistic about this passive income thing. It is possible, but you have to put the graft in first. Unless you want to put money in an ISAs and leave it there, reinvest all the profits for your tax-free 5 6% return. Uh, someone has asked me to do a JV with them. Um, I like to know a bit more about someone before I do a JV with them. I like to know what the JV is before I do a JV with them. I like to have seen them around a long time before I do a JV with them. I like to do some diligence and get to know them and trust them and like them and have some security before I do a JV with them. JV with them. I don't mind being pitched or propositioned. I'm just letting you know. Okay, the best way to balance a full-time job while building another business or a property portfolio or earning money from another stream like a side hustle. That would be to compartmentalize your diary. So evenings and weekends, what do you do for dinner? What do you do for children and family? What do you do for hobby? And what do you do for business? And you put in your one or two hours an evening and your five hours a weekend and you do your 10, 15 hours a week, non-negotiable every week consistently. And it will feel slow at first, like planting a seed. Where's the tree? Where's the tree? Where's the tree? It's kind of hard to speed up the growth of a tree because a tree grows at the speed that it grows. But as long as you give it fertile ground and you give it the sun and you give it the rain, um, a tree will bear uh, its fruits um, after its roots and it shoots eventually. So it's all about consistency, Mark. Um, so compartmentalizing your time, get in agreement with your friends and your family and your partner um, on what work time you will do. And then consistently doing that and doing key result areas and income generating tasks on that, whether it's in, if it's property, it's viewings, offers, uh, raising finance and the management of your property. If it's creating online courses, it's, you know, creating the content, creating a compelling offer, creating a, a merchant gateway, a hosting platform, and then marketing it out to the world. So making sure you're focusing on the right jobs, because a lot of people think, oh, man, I've only got 15 hours a week. I am doomed. Those people who've got 70 hours a week, they've got so much more of an advantage to me. I'm going to lose. They're going to win. No, 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 no. 15 key result area income generating tasks is probably what people who are doing 60 hours a week do. So if you do 15 of them on 15 hours a week, you're winning at life. OK, what's the solution to the poverty trap in the UK? So many folk earning just the basic wage. Well, this does um, th this does upset me. Um, and I think some people think I have a flippant view in that, you know, I believe in a meritocracy. I believe in capitalism. I believe in, um, you know, not penalising entrepreneurs and wealthy people too hard with tax. Uh, you know, I believe that you make your own luck. I believe you go and, and um, you know, create a product and a service that makes a difference and you um, put that out there and you take the risks because you're an entrepreneur and you're not getting your, you know, your bills paid and your, you, you know, your salary every month. That being said, I think that um, I would love to help a lot less people um, be in poverty and to get out of poverty. And I think 
um, from the outside in, because let's be honest, we can all make a judgment, but unless you're really deep in governmental policy or you're a, a billionaire with all the contacts in the world, you probably don't know the full truth. And I think a lot of people make out that they do, and I'm not going to make out that I do. One thing I will say is that um, if, they're, um, if there's all this you know, revenue through taxation and there's a lot of people in poverty, then some of the governments clearly aren't managing that money very well. Because if I was earning a lot of money and I was skinned, I'd have to take responsibility that I'm not managing the money well. So um, either the tax system is wrong or the money is managed badly or it's, um, you know, there's a not enough trickle down from the top down to the bottom. I think that's probably fair to say that happens in many countries. So mismanagement of tax generated revenue and, and government, whether it's policy or, you know, uh, the way the money is distributed or um, maybe some greed and power involved. For me, the, sim the single best way to get rid of poverty in any country is education. So I believe that you, anyone can be a millionaire or a multimillionaire. Anyone can earn well if they learn how to earn well, if they know what money, um, how it functions, what it means, what it does, its purpose, its, um, you know, some of the intricacies of how it operates, the rules of money the rules of service, the rules of entrepreneurship, um, creating value, marketing, sales, self-worth linked to net worth, marketplaces, capitalism, etc. So I created the Rob Moore Foundation and I have a book called Money and I have a podcast called Money, which, by the way, you can get my book Money on Amazon. You can get my podcast Money anywhere on um, any platform the host podcast like iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or Alexa or wherever. Um, and so I'm trying my best to make my difference by education. You know, if you know the language of money, you have a head start. What does currency mean? Where, do, where does the word currency come from? Well, it's Latin for flow. So that tells you something about money. Uh, money loves speed and hates friction. For example, if you had an e-commerce site and the, pa the, 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 the checkout page took 12 seconds to load, you would take no money on it. If it took 12 milliseconds to load, you would take a lot more money on it. So money hates friction and loves speed. Money is an enabler, um, i.e. enables you to do things. Money is an accelerator, an exaggerator. Money tends to exaggerate your existing traits, both good and bad. If you're an addict, a gambler, a, an alcoholic, more money, you're probably going to feed your addiction. If you're a philanthropist and you, you're an employer and you get a lot more money, you're probably going to give more money away and employ more people. So once you know all this stuff about money... And you educate as many people on the planet as you can about this, then you can start to make some positive change. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, Andrew said here, is there an inverse relationship between how many hours someone watches TV and how much money they earn? Um, I think, hmm. Now, the problem with general questions like this, how do you get rid of po poverty? You know, does uh, the more someone watch TV, the less they earn? Is that one, no one has access to the full data set. Two, you don't really know from the very depths and or the very behind the curtains or the, the inner circle. And so people just make judgments. So let's say I'm constructing an argument to this question, Andrew. The first thing I'd say, well, it depends what you watch, because if you watch autobiographical documentaries and you watch a lot of, um, you know, stuff about business and entrepreneurship and successful people and you watch all the autobiographies, you know, there's the T Tyson Fury one come out, there's the Taylor Swift one come out, there's the um, McQueen one, which I love, there's all the um, the founder movie, The Secret, and that's what you're watching on TV, then I reckon it, it has a direct relationship is going to help you earn more. 
But let's say you watched all of those, but you were um, incapacitated and you stayed in bed the whole time and you hadn't mastered the law of attraction from your bed, then maybe you're not. You could also get a billionaire who likes to relax and watch trash TV because they need to relax. So sometimes if TV is just for relaxation, well, then that's fine. It's just for relaxation. We all need to switch off. I do watch some trash. I watch Terminator, the most recent Terminator, because I needed to unwind. That doesn't make me skin. That doesn't make me a loser. Um, It just makes me me. What I would say is if they spend a lot of time watching trash and bad news, uh, and that's what they're educating themselves on, and they've settled for a a standard average job and they have got no aspirations, then of course that TV is probably feeding that. Um, But if they're watching positive documentaries and they're learning about business and entrepreneurship and success and social media and culture and society and, you know, they're listening to podcasts, then they're probably increasing their earning capacity. They do say the more you learn, the more you earn. But I think that that is definitely true. But it depends what you learn. Do I have a fear that I, I, I could lose or I will lose the money that I've accumulated? Yes, I would say yes. And you have to be careful not to let the fear rule you because it can make you make some defensive decisions which maybe aren't that good or what made you a good entrepreneur was the risks you took in the early days and now you're not taking the same risks uh, because you've got things to lose. I've certainly felt that the last three or four years as I've made a lot more money and built a lot of wealth and then sort of I now have a lot more to lose. Um, And so, yeah, I've definitely gone through that stage where it's like, whoa, I I can feel myself wanting to take less risks and changing my behaviours and I'm still only 41. So... Wow, that's interesting. Um, I think you kind of have too much of a fear because, um, again, the, the rules of money, money loves to flow. So if you're a hoarder, um, you won't end up tr- attracting too much money to you because you're restricting its flow. You're conserving or you're trying to conserve energy. Money is energy. Money is flow. So I think you have to have the right balance between investment and saving. Um, you have to speculate to accumulate aggressive versus def- defensive knowing what to spend and what to save, where to spend and where to save. Um, I think that's the key. All right, then. Robert Terry has asked, how quickly can you realistically expect to generate a passive income? Um, I think once you have got your asset set. So um, if you're a pop star at 17, you're going to get passive income from your rights and royalties. Um, If you write that Christmas number one like Slade did, every year you're earning half a million plus. Although how many years and how many songs and albums did it take to hit that number one? Uh, Once you've got a property and a good letting agent and a good tenant, that might be passive for a while. It might get disrupted, then passive for a while, then disrupted when you have a tenant move or, 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 you know, or some kind of maintenance or repair. Um, There is no uh, definite, finite uh, amount of time it takes to create passive income. It's about creating an asset and then having that asset create um, residual income. Uh, and um, how long do you set before you can forget? So for me, if it's writing a book, um, it might take me between three months and 12 months to write a book. It might take my publisher another six to 12 months to publish it. So that's nine to nine months to two years to have that book out in the world earning passive income. Um, it took I, um, an ad on your podcast or how many podcasts and how many downloads before you can attract ad revenue. Um, That might be your your first 10 downloads, your first 100 downloads, your first 1,000 downloads, depending. Sorry, first 10 episodes, 100 episodes or 1,000 episodes. You need way more than 1,000 downloads um, to get a sponsor. Um, So, yeah, you've been building a business for 10 years um, and then you go go from 
MD to CEO to chairman, and now you're chairman and you're doing one, two days a month. You could say that's 28 out of the 30 days passive income. It's all about when you set up the systems and the processes and you come off the tools, as it were, um, because you can have passive income if you own a company, if you're not uh, you know, on, on the ground doing it. I tend to go from active to passive to active to passive and tend to get myself very involved um, and then step back and then very involved and then step back um, just because it seems to be my addictive tendency. All right, then. Uh, what are the top ways to create passive income other than property? Well, there's loads of ways. Uh, write a book that does well, have a podcast where you can run really good ads, have a good YouTube channel um, where you could do ads and collabs, create an information marketing product that you could sell online through um, or, you know, automation or people join an online membership site and all the contents in there. Remember active before passive. Remember set to forget. I just want you to contextualize that because some people do have a little bit of an unrealistic, naive fantasy about what passive income is. Um, all right, Margarita, thank you for your th 100 stars. Private message me for your scale, your marketing tickets. Um, Stuart, thank you for your 1,000 stars. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he likes residual active passive income. I love it. I like residual income. I like active income. I like passive income. I like recurring income. I like all income. Income is income. I, I don't like, you know, income in a job. I hate, you know, maybe that's the only income I don't love. Um, and, you know, I want to really considerably grow my brand. So, yeah, I could settle and live off passive income um, with, you know, by um, not ramping up my expenses and not wanting to do podcasts every day and live feed, feeds every day and, um, you know, traveling up and down the country to do paid keynote speaking gigs. But I want to grow my brand. So that's what I want to do because I'm only 41. Um, if when I'm 71, I might change that. Who knows? So, Stuart, you could also. Oh, well, Stuart, you were at Scale Your Marketing for the supporters. What did you think of the Scale Your Marketing event? And thank you for the thousand stars. You are a gentleman. Um, all right. So you're all going to bed before me, which is a rarity because I'm usually in bed before you all. Um, but yeah, Sundays have become a bit of a thing for me doing lives. I actually am really tired. So we should probably start winding this up. Um, Camilla said, um, I'm in bed for you. Ah, it's Camilla's birthday tomorrow. Camilla is 30 tomorrow. So happy birthday to you, Camilla. Well done on what you've achieved the last year or two. Sam Adams, she's in bed before me as well. Sam, I'm looking forward to the shadow day tomorrow that you're coming to. I hope I don't let you down. I've done two of these shadow days in the last two weeks. I get really nervous because what if people think Rob's really boring? They get really excited. They think Rob's this great guy who does all these lives and podcasts. And then they meet him and they shadow for a day and he's boring as fuck and he does nothing. And uh... But the, the two that I've done, I've said they've really enjoyed it. They put some kind posts on social media. So we'll have a good time. I know we will, Sam. All right. I think I'm done now. And my throat has gone because I've done about an hour and 15 minutes in a row because I did a, a live to my supporter program as well. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. You are awesome. I love you all. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.